SAFM 104-107 Nationwide Leading the conversation The Talking Point on SAFM Weekdays 9am till midday Talking Finance with Brian Hirsch Making sense of your finance Seven minutes after 10 a.m. this morning, you're listening to the Tuesday edition of The Talking Point. My name is Oliver Dixon. It's Tuesday, so we talk finance in the middle hour with Brian Hirsch, who joins us for this half hour. Today, uh, we're talking about women taking control over their financial future. Uh, We've sort of uh, been planning to have this conversation, I think, for the last couple of weeks now. Brian is with us, joining us over the phone today, not in studio. Brian, good morning. Good morning to you, Oliver. The reason I didn't come into the studio is I didn't want to queer your pitch because, I, you know, I'm leaving all the women to you today because happy Valentine's Day to everyone. <laughs> and I thought if I stay out of the studio, you'll, there'll be more people wishing you Valentine's Day. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to spoil your fun. Happy Valentine's Day to you happy and your Valentine's wife as well, Brian. <laughs> to all our listeners and to everyone who always listens to us, hope you're having a great day. What, yeah. What, yeah, let's start here. Why is this an important as a, a, a lone standing piece of conversation? Is there a difference in how women should be approaching their finances from how men should be? Well, I don't say women should be approaching it any differently to men, but women shouldn't leave it all to men. Because of a wedding ring, it does not make your husband suddenly a financial genius. Everyone suddenly thinks that the husband knows best what he should be doing. But let me share you where this comes from. Over the years, I've dealt with many death claims. Yeah. And people who visited me in my office after the death have always said they go through two emotions at the time of death. The first, obviously, is the emotion of grief. They've lost their loved one. They're grieving. And the second is guilt. And why would they be going through guilt? Because at the time of grieving, they're actually thinking about the real things in life. Who's going to pay the bond? How's the bond going to get paid? How's the children going to get educated? Where's the money going to come from for us to live on because the breadwinner is no longer with us? And so what is the reason for that guilt is because they don't know. Their husband has kept them in the dark. They don't know exactly what is going to happen. So I've often, you know, in our religion, uh, often you visit, you visit, you go to the funeral, you visit, you go and visit the family. I've always put my arm around the, just put my arm around the the the, 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 um, the mourner, and I've just said to him, you don't need to worry. That's all I've said. And they've told me some weeks later that when they heard those words, there was nothing more comforting because they trusted me. They know, they knew that I knew about their husband's affairs and, and uh, well, their financial affairs. I knew about them. But most important, they could then grieve and not worry about these feelings of guilt. So that's why I'm saying hey, women are often kept in the dark. Mm. And, and so it's important that each each party, each spouse has its own financial plans that doesn't have to be secret from each other. But, you know, unfortunately, in South Africa, many families, in, in the, you know, many marriages end in divorce. At least one in three end in divorce. So if only one has a plan and not the other, it can really cause problems later in life. So I'm always saying wife, husband, 
do your financial plans, but work together as a whole because your responsibility is to look after the family and to look after each other in the in the event of premature death. So that's the first point I make yeah. why I say it's important for women to understand and take control and understand what the family's financial position is in the event of death and at all stages in the event of retirement. You know, a lot today women suffer most uh, when it comes to their careers because often their careers are curtailed and if their careers aren't curtailed, often they leave their job and then they go back to work and then they lose valuable years of pension. They're spending, raise, they, they spending time raising families. What about the disparity of pay in many instances where a woman will be earning less for, than a man for the same job? Yeah. And it's, it's very important. And I'll make one other comment and then I'll leave it to you. You know, over the years, if you have a pension fund, if you, if you do join a company that's got a pension fund, the rules of, the, of joining the company is you have to join a pension fund. You have to yeah. join the pension or the problem fund. You cannot be excluded from it other than when you've met the rules of being a permanent employee. But in years gone by, when a company puts in a pension fund, everyone has a choice. You do not have to join that fund. And it's amazing how many men join the, the pension fund immediately. The woman... The woman... The women go back home, ask their husband, should they join the pension fund? And so often the advice from their husband says, well, you're not going to be there so long. Maybe you shouldn't. You don't need to join the pension fund. And that's why many years later, women are left with smaller pensions yeah. than the husband's pension because they did not join the pension fund. So I'm just making the point that it's also very important. I've got other points to make, but over to you, Oliver. Give us a call, 86 0002032 If you'd like to uh, ask a question to Brian, we're taking your voice notes on 614 Brian, are you on Twitter? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, so a couple of weeks ago, uh, it should be, uh, I think, somewhere in Jan, you went studio and you handed me a bunch of papers, which was a life file, which I'm <laughs> using as a template to put together my sort of life file. Now, I would imagine that would be useful uh, for anyone sorting out their finances, particularly for women who want to set up their own financial independence uh, while being in a marriage of sorts. Uh, let's talk about uh, marriages ending in divorce. Often those are acrimonious. Often there, there's a dispute over assets and dispute over accounts, dispute over liabilities, and, and it, 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 it often leaves a woman incredibly vulnerable, um, especially if 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 uh, the husband was sort of the uh, main earner or the breadwinner of the household. Um, what sort of prep would you say sh should women consider when going when preparing for at least when considering divorce in an environment they know will be acrimonious? Okay, can I answer that the second question? Because your first question was about the lifestyle and documents. The lifestyle is an important, you know, because you need to know where are the documents, where's your will, where's your marriage contract, and I'll come yes. to marriage contract when we talk about divorce, where are your husband insurance policies, where are your insurance policies. So all that goes in, the, in the, goes in this lifestyle. Who are the beneficiaries of your policies? 
very important. And then when we talk about divorce, obviously depending on your marriage regime. Now, years gone by, there was only one of two marriage regimes. If you never entered into a contract, you were automatically married in community of property, which means all the assets that, that were in the marriage at time of divorce would be shared equally. We're going to talk about fairness. Then came you could enter into what they call anti-nuptial contract, which said that in the event what I bring in is mine, what you bring in is yours, and during our lifetime, uh, whatever I earn, whatever you earn belongs to each one of you, which is a very unfair way. And then re- in the 80s came in what yeah. we called accrual and non-accrual, where whatever parties bring in is theirs, but whatever growth within the marriage is shared equally like in community of property. So I agree with you, divorce, you know, when you're looking at one budget for a family and suddenly you start looking at two budgets because now you're going to have two homes, your children are going to be separated from two different homes, you're going to have a lot more expenses than you would under one. And then when you start to find, look for the assets, often you can't find the assets, there are no assets, and as you say, divorce ends with great acrimony great very it's very acrimonious i've i i spent yeah. 25 years lecturing at family life center and i wrote a pamphlet which is called the financial implications of divorce and again if anyone wants that and they want to get hold of it um, it's a it's a it's about a 12-page pamphlet all the things you need to know about all the calculations you need to know it doesn't deal with the emotive side yeah but you know it's question is money is emotional <laughs> very emotional and particularly about and the worst system in this country is maintenance mm-hmm. so many women struggle to enforce maintenance to get to the maintenance courts costs them money, and they don't even have maintenance to start with, have money to start with, and to get to the maintenance courses. And then you've also got to understand very critically for women, there are second marriages, and there are supportive previous dependents of the first marriage, and there may be children from the first marriage and the second marriage, and all these things are, are critical. Uh, and what happens when, with maternity benefits and when they leave jobs? And then also, you know, a husband doesn't think a wife needs life insurance, but often the wife is at home, the homemaker, doing a lot of Mm, things that mm. the husband hasn't got time to do because the wife, the husband's out working, building his career, and if something happens to the wife, who's going to look after the children? Now, in years gone by, in many cases, certainly in many communities, children went to grandparents, but that's changing because a lot of people are now in the cities, and who's going to look after the children if the wife dies? So I always say both parties must have savings plans, both parties must have life insurance, and both parties must be contributing to retirement annuity. And you don't need to do it in secret. But even the biggest message I'm giving today is that you need to sit down with your husband and your wife. You need to, and the the successful woman, husbands need to sit down and understand what happens in all these different situations, uh, and not hide each other's plans. Make empower each other by giving each other yeah. knowledge that you know so that if you do have this loss and you all oh brian your line just you cut there the children are gonna be- yeah mm, that line once again cut there 
Let's see if we can get back Brian on the line. 086-000-2032. Give us a call. Uh, you can also send us a WhatsApp voice note on 0614-104-107. And you can tweet me. It is at Oliver underscore speaking. Let's have a listen at this WhatsApp voice note. Morning, Oliver. I don't know whether my question will be is relevant for this uh, uh, program today. I would like to know, Oliver Mann, from your guest, that if you... you what is the meaning of the beneficiary on a policy, like your retirement policy, ne? retirement annuity policy? Okay, what does it mean when it says beneficiary? And then you go to the insurer, ne? some po- the, the, the 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 beneficiary is called, and then the insurer says it wants the details of all the people who are supposed to be beneficiaries, but in the policy itself it says beneficiary is a spouse. What, what, what are, why are the, these companies doing that instead of dealing with what is written down? Okay, because I, there's a problem you know, where they say they want the details of other, the, the, the other people who are not in the policy. Can you just help me there? Thank you very much. I'm Mary in PE. Brian, we lost you there for a second. I don't know how much of that question you heard from Mary and PE. Would you? Uh, uh, it, it, we, are we talking about a retirement fund or a life policy? Let's 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 have a re-listen at that. Morning, Oliver. I don't know whether my question will be is relevant for this uh, uh, program today. I would like to know, Oliver, man, from your guest, that if you you what is the meaning of the beneficiary on a policy? like your retirement policy, ne? retirement yeah. annuity policy, okay? What does it mean when it says beneficiary? And then you go to the insurer, ne? Some po- the, 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 the beneficiary is called, and then the insurer says it wants the details of all the people who are supposed to be beneficiaries. But in the policy itself, it says beneficiary is a spouse. Ne? What, what, what are, why are the these companies doing that instead of dealing with what is written down okay because I, there's a problem you know where they say they want the details of other, the, the, the other people who are not in the policy can mm. you just help me there thank you very much thank you. i'm mary thank PA. you Oliver. i've got that question yeah and 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 just to let all our callers know even though we deal with the subject every every tuesday it doesn't mean you can't call on any financial matter and so this is a little bit out of it, but it is important. Okay, so let me explain to you. Under a life policy, under an investment policy, under an endowment policy, you can appoint a beneficiary and it's irrevocable. That beneficiary is cast. The insurance company will pay the beneficiary, whoever that nominated beneficiary is, irrespective of anything else. The will, the will will not override that beneficiary appointment. But when it comes to a retirement fund, in terms of Section 37C, it is, it is an obligation of the trustees, because this is not a policy. You're a member of a fund, and there are trustees of that fund. And 37C says that you, you have to pay it out to, firstly, who are the dependents. And even though you may put your wife or your husband as beneficiary, and the retirement fund, the trustees could override that because they first have to look for, ben- for their dependents. They've got 12 months to actually find dependents. And dependents could be a mother, could be a father, could be a brother, could be a sister, could be a child from a previous marriage. 
they have to first ascertain before paying out the claim. So the beneficiary under retirement fund is more like a wish, a letter of wishes to the trustee saying, this is who I want the money to go, but they have an obligation first to find out if there are other dependents. So anyone with a retirement fund understands, please, if you know there, when you do the app, when you do the, the change in beneficiary, if there are dependents, put those dependents down because it will make it much easier for the trustees and there won't be conflict between maybe a wife and a previous child that you've been supporting that's down on the notification. So, and at least the trustees can then pay out the benefits that much quicker because sometimes with retirement funds, while searching for beneficiaries, getting counsellors involved to go and find beneficiaries is so time-consuming. Yeah. So policies, absolutely, whatever you put down will be paid out. If you want to pay, if you want to pay to a charity, you want to pay to a girlfriend, a boyfriend, whatever you want, uh, but a retirement fund, if you put your girlfriend or boyfriend and you as the wife of a dependent, they will pay to you the dependent. They may pay they may pay percentages to other dependents. They will work out they will calculate the, the need of each of those dependents and then pay out a percentage of that sum of that life cover. Yeah. Uh, let's have a listen at this voice note, Brian. Good morning, Oliver. This is Zanele in Deben. When it comes to the in community of property, uh, when it comes to divorce. So what happened to the children? I don't hear so often what happened to the children, especially when they are, when they are still below the, uh, 21, when they are still minors. So what is happening to them? Uh, because when it comes to this uh, division of asset, so when it comes to children, are they getting their share? Or what exactly is happening to the children? Okay, thanks a lot, Brian. Okay, Helena, right, to answer that question, when you talk about in-community property, the assets between the husband, husband and wife, are split equally, 50-50. But let me also say the debts of the parties are also split 50-50, so it's not only the assets. The children, in terms of money, are, do not get any of the division in the event of divorce of those assets. However, it is the responsibility of both parents to care for the children. By the way, also, I may also mention majority age no longer is 21. Majority age now in South Africa is 18. So any money left to a child who reaches over the age of 18, which they will, they will, in other words, under a policy, you leave a child money and the child's 18, the child will receive that money. And I don't think parents want children to receive money at 18. At 18, they want them to be studying and rather doing something else. But that's a bit for a different day. So all I'm saying is in community, you and your husband will have to split the assets. Uh, often there's lots of fights about what it is, but it's clear. The law is clear. And then looking after the children, the responsibility belongs to each one of you. And if one of you is working, the other one's not, then in terms of the divorce agreement, there's got to be determined who's going to look after the children. Uh, if you're an elder, older person and you've been at home, there may be maintenance requirements uh, and so on. But the split is equal. 50-50 between us, and nothing goes to the children. Yeah. 
Greetings, Oliver. Greetings, Brian. This is Puleng Puli from Bloemfontein. You know, I think as the society, we need to dispel the whole patriarchal notion that men are the main head and the providers of the family. It actually compromises the ability and the capability of women to go out there and attain their own wealth for their own sustainability. Because when a man passes on, then it becomes a problem for a woman to take over with whatever that they might have acquired throughout the process of their marriage so that they can be able to be the holders and the you know the center of their families at some point thank you that's a very that's a very important uh, uh, voice yeah. note and maybe to add to that i want to ask this question brian um for a woman that's going to sit down with her attorney and her financial planner or advisor soon perhaps even her banker what are the sets of questions that should be asked by the bank by who by her to the banker to the attorney well well i think what the questions are going to be asked firstly is what is the family situation who's the breadwinner who's bringing in money if both of you are working who's paying for what the division how are you how are you separating your money have you got a joint account where everything part goes in and then you've each got your own account because women have got very 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 important things they need one of them being beauty products hair products, males and all that thing. Husbands may have golf and other things they want to do. So I think you've got to be three budgets done. So when you're talking with your financial planner, I don't think it's a, it's a discussion that a husband and wife should have separately. I really believe a husband and wife should have it together, at, together with the financial planner and your bank or whatever you're using. Because you, you're looking at this jointly. This, your, your marriage is joint. Your mar- your, your, bringing up the children is joint. Your, your needs are joint. And by the way, I fully agree with that the world has changed. I mean, 50, 60 years ago when my sister got married, my, my, brother, my father wanted my sister to marry a doctor, an accountant, or a lawyer. And today, parents want their daughters to be doctors, accountants, and lawyers. So it's a very different workplace today where women are breadwinners and the husband sometimes stays at home. But all the point is, and that's why I'll be talking about women this morning. It is a good time to talk to women about Valentine's Day. I can't give everyone roses, but we can give them some advice. So let this advice be in the form of, of, let these be the roses advice I'm giving, that women must take control. And they must not just sit back and think that their husband, who all of a sudden is a genius, because he knows everything. Because unless he's in the business and he's well-skilled and schooled, he won't know everything, and then you need you need to be empowered. You need to understand so that when Guru said, you know, that uh, you, when you do, when someone dies, you don't know what's going on. That's what I'm trying to get mm, across mm. this morning. Take control, understand, talk to your husband, and find out what are the plans in the event of short-term savings, and also how are we paying our bond if something happens to either one. How will our bond be settled? How will we educate our children? Not just not just at school, but tertiary education. What will we do? Uh, and all those situations. And when they're making investments, are you leaving? If you're married, income means your property. Are you leaving me with debt? I mean, I want to know what your debts are. Because if in community of property, that means you never enter into a contract. I am responsible for 50% of your debts. I don't want to find that when you die, all of a sudden, I'm landed with a whole lot of debt and I can't support the children and bring up the children and continue to live in the way we have lived. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you, you yeah. want to be, have to be in a better position, but you don't want to be in a worse position. I just want to ask a last question, Brian. You said you, uh, the life file, it's available on your website. The paper you said, advice on, 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 on getting your finances yes. ready for marriage and divorce where is that available 
Yes, they must. They must send the note to um, uh, to my um, email and ask for it. Um, it's at info at anchorcapital.co.za. Yeah. And I also have told you I've written a pamphlet, a very simple pamphlet on on divorce because I, I dealt with that at divorce mediation, and it talks about the things you need to think about, the costs. You need to do your own budget and separate budgets, and, and, and I've also got that available if anyone wants it. And if they just send the note in, we will distribute to anyone who received the note from. Thank you so much for that, Brian. Really, really do appreciate it. That brings us to half past ten this morning.